Yeah, so we have been in the book of Numbers, and I was trying to figure out what we want to do this Sunday to kick off, and I've got some ideas for kind of what uh, series we're going into next, possibly going to be doing James. We'll see this week what kind of what the Lord says about that, but that's where I think we're headed for at least a, a pause from the Old Testament. Um, however, as I was considering numbers and just the various small aspects of it that we've been through, I was like, we need to step back and kind of see where we've been uh, over these many, uh, many weeks in the book of Numbers, because you kind of can get into the detail uh, pretty heavily here in Numbers in terms of census and, you know, offerings and, you know, uh, these different pieces that we've gone through and kind of miss some of the bigger aspects of what God has done in the people of Israel in really the bigger picture. And so I wanted to step back and, and draw out a few things and uh, and uh, and just kind of challenge us with what we have, what we've seen. So the book of Numbers, as I've told you before, and you might remember, is not the book of Numbers. It's called In the Wilderness uh, because it really recounts the entire time that the people of Israel were in the wilderness. And, uh, and so it's an interesting time because at the beginning of this book, if you remember it, um, this people is really pretty excited because they've just conquered one of the uh, leading nations of the entire world at the time in Egypt. They've uh, conquered, they have escaped them uh, in, in a major battle that the Lord has won uh, as they've come out by pillar and fire and as the Lord has rained down the flood of the Red Sea upon uh, upon the Egyptian army and the Pharaoh uh, who had been so hard-hearted toward them in the midst of God's signs. And so you like see all those things that they've gone through, this great victory that they've been through, and they're there in the desert. And so the beginning of Numbers is really them right at Sinai, right after they have uh, waited on Moses, who's gone up to receive the law from the Lord and say, okay, this is what our people that has come out of Egypt is to be like. This is who we are to serve and how we are to serve him. Here are the Ten Commandments. This is what I expect of my people. And, and this is the contract I'm calling you into in relationship here. And, uh, and so as, the, as Moses is up there, they sin, right? And it baffles us because we're like, how could you go through this amazing experience of the Red Sea and then, like, lose hope in that so quickly. Um, and, and so that's kind of the outset of Numbers is this, you know, this nation falling in this, after this very miraculous, powerful moment. God had called them out of Egypt. He had clearly been the one that had called them. Right? I mean, he made it uh, completely in no uncertain terms that he is the one that drew them out of Egypt. It was not by Moses' hand in any respect. Every sign that they saw was God conquering the gods and deities of Egypt and showing himself to be greater than. And so it's clear that God had called them out of Egypt. They were called. They, they didn't choose this moment. They'd been sitting there for 400 years in slavery. They, they didn't even desire for a deliverer to come and deliver them. Uh, when, when Moses tried the first time, they're like, who are you? Get out of here. So they are a called people, and, and the Lord brought them out. 
And so the, here they are at the beginning of the book of Numbers, and okay, you've, you've been called. Uh, Moses comes down and, and confronts them once they've uh, sort of rejected him uh, and wanted to go back to, uh, back to Egypt. And he says, no, I'm, I'm, we're going this way, you know, and he continues to guide them. So right at the beginning of Numbers is this journey. They're leaving Sinai, leaving the Mount Sinai, and headed toward the promised land. And Moses told them, this is what we're going to do. Now, the Lord does still have a plan for you, and he is going to give you a land that he promised to his fathers. And so they actually assemble, if you remember, they assemble the entire, you know, over a million people into battle formation. Uh, so they've got, you know, every tribe in order, you know, six tribes in the front and six tribes or six tribes in the back. Um, and then the uh, Levites and the various uh, clans of the Levites surrounding all the tabernacle pieces in the middle. And the people that are taken of census are, are just the warriors. And so, so we remembered from the beginning that, that this people is ready for battle. Okay, they, they've been called by the Lord for this particular time, and they've been readied for battle. And so really chapters 1 to chapter 12 is just the Lord preparing them and showing them that they they're, they're, you know, need to be ready for opposition, and they need to be ready to conquest where the Lord has them to conquest. They're ready for battle. So we see them in, in chapters 1 to 12 kind of preparing for this journey and preparing for this time that the Lord, the Lord has clearly called them for. And at the end of that 12th chapter, we see them arrive at the promised land. And like, just think about that moment for a second, okay? If you've come to the edge of that land and you're considering the history of your people, you're thinking, okay, I was... I've seen the Lord do this in the desert. My people were enslaved for 400 years. There's some guy way back there named Abraham who was promised this land. And here I am at the foothills of it, ready to take it. And in the midst of that, only two out of 12 designated spies said, let's go. Caleb and Joshua. But the whole of the people, on the whole, they did not believe. They were faced with what God had prepared them for. They were ready. They hadn't done anything uh, of their own strength to, to prepare themselves. The Lord had brought everything they needed and had them ready. And they're right there, ready to take it. And they rejected it again. And so in chapters 13 to 19, we see the result of their unbelief is a wandering of 40 years. One year for every day they were spying out the land. 40 days they were 12 spies spied out the land. Um, and so that entire generation passed away. That entire generation that had the opportunity to step in and take the land that the Lord had given them uh, denied it in unbelief. So that's chapter 13 to 19. Chapters 20 to 36 really are, there's a number of things, a continuation of explanation of how things ought to be in the new land, uh, but also some battles that they had gone through. Uh, but predominantly, it's the movement from uh, their wandering, their main wandering place, which was Kadesh, back to Moab, which is right outside 
the promised land once again. And in this, we can see God's just um, unending, continual grace and mercy upon this people whom he has called, whom he has equipped, whom he has brought back to this moment. It's a pattern of the Lord, really, that he's faithful whenever we're not. <laughs> from, the, from the beginning, right? From Genesis 1 to 3, God says, here is this beautiful place I've given you. All you do is not eat of this tree that I've told you not to eat of. And in that, he's given them all the knowledge that they could possibly possess. There is good and there is evil. And I ought to choose the good. It's the only knowledge of good and evil they needed was that there is a tree that they ought not take from. And in unbelief, they took from it. And God, in, you know, in his infinite wisdom, could have ended the whole thing there, but instead he slaughters some sort of animal, clothes them again, and says, all right, it's going to be harder this time, but you're still called, and you still need to go. And so Numbers is similar. This people, again, is called dramatically out of Egypt, not by their own strength, not by their own power. They were nothing in Egypt. They had nothing uh, to, to offer anybody in that place other than large numbers. They were trampled upon and, and used for, um, for building buildings. And God called them out. He prepared them with everything they needed. He, he defeated every possible obstacle they could come to. No water, got that. There's some rocks. No bread, well, that can come from the sky. You know, you know this king that is more, uh, more equipped than you, that's all right. Let's send a thousand guys out. We'll take care of them all. They're readied, not by their own strength, but by the Lord's. They're called, they're ready. And when they don't believe, God is there to pick them up and say, keep on going. It's been fun to see, you know, um, uh, the, one of the big things that I've maybe said this a couple times before during our Old Testament studies is that one of the cool things to see in studying the Old Testament slowly is just how slowly God can work. And, and so, you know, I love, you know, singing Waymaker this morning and thinking, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. I mean, can you imagine the number of times that, you know, 40 years Moses is in, in Midian saying, this people that I thought I was called to save rejected me, and now I'm here tending sheep in Midian? Like, Lord, what am I doing? <laughs> and even the people of Israel, these, these wandering tribes in the wilderness thinking, man, like, okay, we didn't believe, but really all this whole generation's going to pass? And like, what is, you know, the feeling of that is hard to really understand, to know, right, that, okay, yeah, we're not going in, and I'm not going to ever see it. And, and for Moses even to, like, realize that he, in spite of leading all these people, was never going to see the promised land. Only from a hilltop would he see it. He would never walk on it. And all these things, you know, Abraham himself, who was promised this land, never owned it. 
in the way God called him to own it. And yet, in spite of all the difficulty that that raises, you know, these are people, right, that have a limited time span, just like ours, maybe less than ours. And you're thinking, they've been given promises that are beyond them. They're just beyond them. And so I've just really enjoyed the pace of, of the Old Testament and realizing, all right, like, I want it now, you know, so often, every day, I just want to, you know, read the tweet and have everyone understand it, you know, I want to, like, I want to understand it in the moment and have all of it fulfilled right now in this moment, I want to see it, and God says, yeah, I mean, I'm going to show it to you, I mean, I've got it, I've got it ready for you, but you aren't quite ready for it. So why don't we walk you through some things so you are. So there's some big things I think that we can take from the, the whole of numbers, and, and that is this, that um, in Christ, you are called. You're called. Every, every one of us has a calling that God has given our lives. He's given us something to put our hands to and something to do. You are called. Just like the people of Israel did not understand their calling, they were drawn out and called to go, to be the generation that went and took the land. They were called. So you were called. Second, you need to be ready. At any time, you need to be ready. If you think about, you know, we're we're slowly, uh, I know Luke's on the call here, we're slowly putting together a camping trip for the men uh, at, at the end of January, maybe, hopefully, we'll see. Um, and the girls are going to do something while they got, anyway, something will happen. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, you're going to go to the New York Plaza. What? I was not talking about <laughs> um, You know, we're slow. <laughs> We're slowly preparing, right? And there's that anticipation and the preparations that you're making and thinking about where you might land and where you might camp and what you need to bring. And, okay, we're going to have uh, the young boys with us. And so have, what are you going to have to prepare for them to make sure they're okay? And, like, all those thoughts that go through your head, like, think about that for, uh, for the book of Numbers. You know, they're camping every single night. Okay, what do we need to pack up? How do we need to pack it up so that we can move through the desert for 40 years? Um, on and on and on. They had to be ready. They had to be ready. And we also have to be ready. You know, the truth is you are called, uh, but you are called to be ready for a battle. And like we've talked about, we're not, you know, conquesting any land. Thank God the Lord. Um, and and we're, not, we're not called to, uh, you know, finish some uh, destiny of land acquisition. Um, but there is a battle raging all the time. There's a spiritual battle going on. In you personally, there's battles to fight. And we all know this. There's, there's sin, there's temptation, there's brokenness, there's doubts, there's, uh, there's hopes. All these things are in you, uh, and God has given them to you. And you have to battle them with the truth. You have to battle them with, with what the Lord's character is and what he's put in you. And so you have to be ready for battle, to battle those things. You have to be ready for, also to battle the things that are exterior to you. 
you know, maybe, you know, maybe some walls falling down at, at any particular moment or, um, or, you know, different people that you might be interacting with or, or uh, loved ones that you have concerns for, whatever it is exterior to you, you are, those people are placed in your life for purpose. They're not placed there for no reason. Acts says they're placed there that they, uh, that, that they might see the Lord in you and that the Lord, they might call upon the Lord. And so we ought to pray and be ready to battle in prayer for those around us that God has called us to minister to. Another thing that we learn from the book of Numbers is that we need to believe God. Yet we need to be not like the ten other spies, but like Caleb and Joshua. And when we see giants in the land and we see things that look much bigger than we can comprehend or we can understand or we can handle, that that's not a sign that it's not the right direction. Tension and, and difficulty and uh, brokenness is not a sign that, oh, it's hard, so it must not be right. Oftentimes, it's right because it is hard. And, and so we need to be able to come to the, to the edge of that land or that calling or whatever it is and, and believe, all right, Lord, let's go and trust it. And finally, another thing that we can take away from the book of Numbers is we need to be humble. Um, it's written of Moses, or Moses wrote it, which would be weird if Moses wrote it, but we think it's maybe like commentary of, of Moses, written by one of his scribes or something, that he is the most humble man that ever walked the face of the earth. We think someone else was writing that at the time. Anyway, um, it would just be weird if he was the one to write that. But, uh, but we do need that humility. We need to at least recognize, you know, oh yeah, okay, I am walking in, in humility before the Lord. I recognize that this is the Lord's work that is happening, and it's not just, you know, my own strength or capabilities. He has given me some beautiful capabilities and strengths, but they're from Him. Everything is from Him. And so we ought to be humble um, by the power and majesty of God to orchestrate all these little details and things into our moment in history that he's given us. So we ought to be humble. Just like this people of Israel um, that returned back to the promised land is there uh, in the plains of Moab and they're called to, uh, you know, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, they're called to go defeat the Midianites of the area. And instead of sending, you know, your entire army, which is like 600,000 men, that's what you have, God says, you just need like 1,000 from each tribe. That's all you're going to need, just 12,000. I know you have 600,000, but really you just need twelve. So even in this moment, they are humbled by the fact that, all right, Lord, 12,000, 12, you, you got it. That's all I need. I'll just send, you know, 1% or whatever it is. I think a half, a, half of a percent, I think it was, that we decided of our army. We'll just send that and win. We ought to be humbled by the strength and might of the Lord to fight our battles 
So there's, these are definitely some things that you know, I'm going to miss from walking through Numbers. There are definitely some challenges that I'm not going to miss from walking through Numbers as well. But uh, certainly, I think we can learn that we're called. We're, we're called to be ready. We're called to believe. We're called to be humble before our God who leads every moment of every day for us. We're thankful that every battle that we face, every uh, obstacle that is in our way, we can bring before the Lord because He understands it completely. He has felt it, everyone, to, uh, to, to the deepest detail He understands. We can be thankful that in spite of the times that we fail at believing or fail at being ready or fail at being humble, His grace is beyond anything we understand. That He gave His very Son to die for us, that we could continue to be restored to the Father in heaven. May we receive that in humility. Let's pray. God, we are thankful for the journey in the wilderness. God, sometimes our lives feel like a wilderness as we claw and scrape about and try and figure out what the next step is here or there. And we're thankful that Lord, you show yourself to be faithful. Every turn you show yourself to be faithful. If we just pause for a moment and consider where we are in life, you've fashioned every step. You've been there at every turn. You've prepared us. You've called us. You've shown us the way. Lord, help us to believe. And help us to be humble in your sight. God, thank you for um, just showing us how much you love us by sending your son Jesus to die for us that that we could uh, stand righteous before you and holy. And that we could offer that hope to those around us. That when everything else seems to be failing, that you are for us and not against us. And we could extend that grace and mercy to those around us in the way that you have done so to us. Lord, thank you for whatever you have ahead of us in 2021. This year ahead, Lord, we give it to you and thank you for it. Lord, you did amazing things in the past year. It was a difficult year for many, a very different year. But God, in the midst of it, you were working. You were preparing hearts. You were showing us more of yourself. And so we thank you for all that you've given. Lord, thank you for this time you've given us this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.